Welcome to Biopics. Today, talking about the life of Joseph John Campbell, born March of 1904, died October of 1987. He was an American professor of literature at Sarah Lawrence College who worked in comparative mythology and comparative religion. His work covers many aspects of the human experience. Campbell's best-known work is his book, The Hero with a Thousand Faces, in which he discusses the theory of the journey of the archetypal hero shared by world mythologies. And what he, he called this the mono-myth, this consistent myth that all religions have in common and uh, old traditions have in common. Since the publication of The Hero with a Thousand Faces, Campbell's theories have been applied by a wide variety of modern writers and artists. Um, his uh, philosophy has been summarized by his own often repeated phrase, follow your bliss. And he gained recognition in Hollywood when George Lucas credited Campbell's work as influencing his Star Wars series, his Star Wars saga. Campbell's approach to folklore topics such as myth and his influence on popular culture has been a subject of criticism, too, especially from some folklorists. So uh, Joseph Campbell, um, he was born in White Plains, New York, the elder son of uh, an importer and wholesaler, uh, Charles William Campbell from Massachusetts, and Josephine Lynch from New York, raised in an upper-class, shall we say an upper-middle-class Irish Catholic family. So what were his influences and what were his greatest contributions? Uh, We all remember the power of myth, those series of interviews with Bill Moyers that aired in the 80s. Well, most of us... uh, Uh, I guess people younger than 40 would not remember that. Um, So Campbell often referred to the work of modern writers, James Joyce and Thomas Mann in his lectures and writings, as well as to the art of Pablo Picasso, which is interesting. I didn't know that. And the works of Arthur Schopenhauer and Friedrich Nietzsche had a profound effect on Campbell's thinking. And he quoted them quite frequently. And you remember from the series, if you saw that, the PBS series, that he uh, often talked about uh, Nietzsche and Schopenhauer and also um, a great deal about Carl Jung, who we profiled in an earlier show. Um, This concept of archetypes and the collective unconscious, uh, something that Campbell took very seriously. Some other information here. Uh, the anthropologist Leo Frobenius and his disciple Adolf Jensen were important to Campbell's view of cultural history. Campbell also was influenced by the psychological work of Abraham Maslow, who we also profiled on this show. Campbell's ideas regarding myth and its relation to the human psyche are dependent in part of the, on the pioneering work of Sigmund Freud, too whose studies of human psychology greatly influenced Campbell. Campbell's conception of myth is closely related to the Jungian method of dream interpretation, which is dependent on what's called a symbolic interpretation. 
Campbell Colt's Jung statement about the Bardo Thadal, that it brings to that class of writings which not only are of interest to specialists in Buddhism, but also because of their deep humanity and still deeper insight into the secrets of the human psyche, makes a special appeal to the layman seeking to broaden his or her knowledge of life. For years, ever since it was first published, the Bardo Thadal has been my constant companion. This is a quote from Campbell. And to it I owe not only many stimulating ideas and discoveries, but also many fundamental insights. So, of course, a great reader. Many of the great thinkers are always great readers as well. So what was that, the monomyth? Let's go a little deeper into that. Campbell's concept of the monomyth, one myth, refers to the theory that sees all mythic narratives as variations of a single great story. The theory is based on the observation that a common pattern exists between the narrative elements of most great myths, regardless of their origin or time of creation. Campbell often referred to ideas of Adolf Bastian and his distinction between what he called folk and elementary ideas, the latter referring to the prime matter of monomyth, while the former to the multitude of local forms that the myth takes in order to remain in an up-to-date carrier sacred of, of meaning. So this gets you know, pretty intense, um, all of these ideas. So as a strong believer in the psychic unity of mankind and its poetic expression, Campbell made use of the concept to express the idea that the whole of the human race can be seen as engaged in an effort of making the world transparent to transcendence by showing that underneath the world of phenomena lies an eternal source which is constantly pouring its energies into this world of time, suffering, and ultimately death. To achieve this task, one needs to speak about things that existed before and beyond words, a seemingly impossible task, the solution to which lies in the metaphors found in myths. These metaphors are statements that point beyond themselves to the transcendent. This concept of the transcendent is part of this hero's journey that he was talking about in his most famous work, A Hero with a Thousand Faces. He was quite preoccupied with the hero's journey. It was a story of the man or woman. And this is parallel to a lot of our lives here too. Uh, The man or woman through great suffering, reaching an experience of the eternal source and returned with gifts powerful enough to set their society free. Uh, So through the suffering, one is reborn. almost like the myth of Christ, right? Uh, Through the suffering on the cross, there's a newness that's born. Similar. And he he found all these analogies through all these different religions and that there was commonality, which he called the monomyth. As the story spread through space and evolved through time, it was broken down into various local forms, depending on the social structures that existed. The basic structure, however, has remained relatively unchanged and can be classified using the various stages of the hero's adventure through the story, uh, as well as the symbols one encounters throughout the story, providing the necessary metaphors to express the spiritual truths the story is trying to convey. Now, metaphors for Campbell, in contrast with similes, which make use of the word like, pretend uh, to a uh, literal interpretation of what they're referring to. 
as in the sentence, Jesus is the Son of God, rather than the relationship of man to God, is like that of a son to a father. In the uh, Hero's Journey, uh, it's a documentary, uh, Campbell actually explained God in terms of metaphor. He says, God is a metaphor for a mystery that absolutely transcends all human categories of thought, even the categories of being and non-being. These are categories of thought, he says, so it depends on how much you want to think about it, whether it's doing you any good, whether it's putting you in touch with the mystery that's the ground of your own being. If it isn't, well, it's a lie. If it doesn't have anything to help you, then it's a lie. So half the people in the world are religious people who think that their metaphors are facts. Though uh, Those are what we call theists. The other half of people who know that the metaphors are not facts, uh, and those are called atheists. Some scholars have disagreed with the concept of monomyth because of its oversimplification of different cultures. According to Robert Elwood, a tendency to think in generic terms of people, races, and such is undoubtedly the profoundest flaw in mythological thinking. So maybe some people say that that's an oversimplification. Oh yeah, there's a monomyth um, that we should be exploring more, perhaps. So the, there's functions of the myth, which we won't get into, but there's the mystical, metaphysical function, there's the cosmological function, Sociological function, the psychological function, uh, pedagogical function, goes along with the psychological function. Evolution of myth, and he talks about uh, the concept of the way of the animal powers, uh, and the, the actual evolution of religion. He discusses the how religion has. Um, evolved throughout the times and he gets into some pretty specific history and imagine the studying he did and the reading he did of all these myths uh, hundreds and hundreds of myths across the world and trying to get it to uh, make sense through these common ideas that it's called the monomyth Campbell recognized that the poetic form of courtly love carried through medieval Europe by the traveling troubadours contained a complete mythology in its own right. In the power of myth, as well as in the masks of God, Campbell describes the emergence of a new kind of erotic experience as a person-to-person affair, in contrast with the purely physical definition given to Eros in the ancient world and the communal agape found in the Christian religion. So, yeah, he believed that the modern world was served by formal, traditional mythological systems has been taken on by individual creators, such as artists and philosophers. In the works of some of his favorites, such as Thomas Mann, James Joyce, Pablo Picasso, he saw mythological themes that could serve the same life-giving purpose that mythology had once played. Accordingly, Campbell believed the religions of the world to be various culturally influenced influenced masks of the same fundamental truths. All religions can bring one 
to an elevated awareness above and beyond a dualistic conception of reality or idea or pair of opposites such as being and non-being, right and wrong. And he talks about that in the Hero with a Thousand Faces. He says, truth is one. The sages speak of it by many names. So there are many names for truth. It's beautifully said. And he's most famous for this um, this saying, and it sort of took off when he mentioned it in his interview with Bill Moyers in the 80s. Uh, the, the expression, follow your bliss, one of Campbell's most identifiable, most quoted, and maybe misunderstood sayings was follow your bliss. He derived the idea from the Upanishads. Now I come to this idea of bliss because in Sanskrit, which is the greatest spiritual language of the world, there are three terms that represent the brink, the jumping off place to the ocean of transcendence. The word sat means being, shit means consciousness, that's chit, not the swear word. Ananda means bliss or rapture. I don't know whether my consciousness is proper consciousness or not. I don't know whether what I know of my being is my proper being or not, but I do know where my rapture is. So let me hang on to the rapture and that will bring my consciousness and my being. It would it will be bringing me my consciousness and my being. And Campbell, um, according to online sources here, saw this as not merely as a mantra, but as a helpful guide to the individual along the hero journey. And this, so this is the essence of the statement, follow your bliss. Quote, if you follow your bliss, you put yourself on a kind of track that has been there all the while waiting for you. The life that you ought to be living is the one you are living Wherever you are, if you are following your bliss, you are enjoying that refreshment, that life within you, all the time. And I think even in marriages, if, if a partner is not allowing the other person to follow their bliss at a deep level, there's fundamental problems with that relationship, fundamental basic problems. Campbell began start sharing his idea with students during his lectures in the 70s. By the time that The Power of Myth was aired in 1988, six months following Campbell's death, Follow Your Bliss was a philosophy that resonated deeply with the American public, both religious and secular. And during his later years, when some students took him to be encouraging hedonism, Campbell is reported to have grumbled, I should have said, follow your blisters. So there's some a Campbell humor. Uh, so Hero with a Thousand Faces, which, uh, by the way, I checked out at the library, and it's uh, fascinating reading. I'm just starting it, but I love the way it's written. Uh, written in 1949. Um, so uh, from his days in college through the 40s, by the way, uh, Campbell turned his hand to writing fiction. He actually tried writing fiction. Originally titled How to Read a Myth and based on the introductory class on mythology, that he had been teaching at Sarah Lawrence College. Hero with a Thousand Faces was published in 1949 as Campbell's first foray as a solo author. It established his name outside of scholarly circles and remains arguably his most influential work to this day. The book argues that hero stories such as Buddha, Krishna, uh, Apollo, and Jesus also, they all share 
a similar mythological basis. This gets back to the monomyth again. Not only did it introduce the concept of the hero's journey to popular thinking, it also began to popularize the very idea of comparative mythology itself. The study of the human impulse to create stories and images that, though they're clothed in the motifs of particular time and place, draw nonetheless on universal, eternal themes. He said, quote, Wherever poetry of myth is interpreted as biography or science, it is killed. The living images become only remote facts of a distant time or sky. Furthermore, it's never difficult to demonstrate that as science and history, mythology is absurd. It doesn't mix with science and history. When a civilization begins to reinterpret its mythology in this way, the life goes out of it, temples become museums, and the link between the two perspectives becomes dissolved. And it was Campbell's purpose, his purpose, I believe, was to bring this all alive, was to bring this myth awareness alive to, to societies, to respect the myth, not only the truth of science, the truth of logic, but the love of myth. And that's Biopics. I hope you enjoyed the show. And I'll be back with another show next month. Have a wonderful day.